0: Hello and welcome to season one, episode one of Becoming Parents. Forgive me if you're on the video that I am reading this because I am so excited. It's too easy to get lost. For the past four years and nine months, I have been interviewing brave individuals who are willing to trust their most intimate struggles and stories to me, a complete stranger, to hold space for them while they bear it all. I did this on At A Crossroads with The Naked Podcaster, and I have loved every single moment of that. I want to take a break real quick and let you know that all of those episodes are saved in a collection. There's a URL. You can get them on my website. You can get them on my YouTube playlist, or you can get them through my audio host as a collection. It's truly been an honor and a privilege, and one I don't take lightly, that I have been able to do all of these interviews. Some of my now closest friends came from this storytelling, and for that, I am exceptionally grateful. This change is pretty massive, and to tell you the why, it's going to be a slightly longer video. I promise it'll be worth it, though. I also understand that because of this change, people are going to unsubscribe or not follow me. And I get it. I understand. I have also had to make tough choices on what I allow in my inbox, what things I follow, what I watch and what I listen to. If I'm not a good fit, I completely understand. To explain why I'm making changes and because one of the things I love more than anything is storytelling, here is the history. Almost 30 years ago, April of 1992 my first biological child was born i can't believe she's turning 30 since it feels like i was that age yesterday but here we are she's turning 30 april of 2022 before her birth i went through nearly a year of infertility seven surgeries maxed out on clomid and provera Ending when IVF became an option and I declined. I waved the white flag. And I have to tell you, honestly, if you're a mama who has gone through the IVF journey, I applaud you for being able to make that decision. I knew instinctively it was not the right path for me. I was being weaned off all the meds. And in the process, the doctor told me not only was I pregnant, I was pregnant off of the schedule that he had put me on. He actually walked into the room. He was this short, small, Asian man, very quiet, really wonderful man. His name was Dr. Otani, and I lived in Hawaii in the Air Force. And he hugged me, which was really odd. And he said, this is your miracle. I don't know how you became pregnant, and I don't know that you will ever be able to be pregnant again. And I want you to expect a tough pregnancy. I did have a tough pregnancy. I was planning on delivering at a birth center and my midwife looked at me at 37 weeks and said intuitively, something is not right with this pregnancy. I want you to transfer. You have a choice of these two hospitals. And I picked one and I transferred care. That intuitive decision to transfer care saved my daughter. When she was born, I was told I would hold her for the first time after she had died of the lung disease she was born with. She was born with Hyland Membrane Disease. This picture is the first time I held her at nine days old, still hooked up to what seemed like every machine possible. Although on day three, the doctors had hope and she had turned the corner, and we were pretty certain on day three that she would survive. This experience, plus my upbringing, which I wrote a book about, and if you want a copy of the book, I will email you the PDF, just ask, along with all of the positive examples I had in my life drew me to doing foster care and adoptions. I knew the odds of getting pregnant again were low, and I was oddly okay with that. Not only did I do foster care for 12 years total, I also worked as a recruiter and a trainer of foster parents with a total of 15 years in the foster care sector. I also got pregnant six times after Brie, three more births, all at home with a midwife. Two of them were water births, and I had three miscarriages. I guess doctors don't have all the answers in their books. My biological journey was pretty intense, to say the least. With a total of seven pregnancies and 10 surgeries over the course of 13 years, I can relate to most of the struggles women go through, as well as the joys. Let's go back 30 years again. My daughter was born and I had such great experiences within the struggle of her birth and the weeks following. First was the midwife who intuitively knew that she should transfer my care. Second was a lactation consultant that talked to me on day three. That woman made such a positive impact. By the time my daughter was a year old, I was a licensed breastfeeding counselor. I was also leading the leche league meetings in my local area when she was just over two i was running the la leche league meetings and before her third birthday i was enrolled in night classes to complete the prerequisites to become a midwife i lived in vermont at the time and honestly this was pre-internet this was 1992 when she was born so 92 to 95 And I didn't have the ability to search things the way that we do now. Because I was living in Vermont, I was kind of following the nurse midwifery program, although that was not at all how I wanted to be a midwife. When my daughter was three, I moved to Alaska, started foster care, had those two miscarriages. And when she was four, I had birth number two. Within that life, my pregnancies, the foster care, adoptions, homeschool, starting that La League meeting in the town in Alaska and running it. I also worked on and received my IBCLC, the international certification to become a lactation consultant. I was also licensed and teaching two childbirth education classes. One was called Birthing From Within, and the other was the Bradley Method of Childbirth and i began apprenticing with the midwives that i did my three deliveries with my goal was become a cpm a certified professional midwife i had my schooling picked out with the help of those midwives from a place in new mexico i have no idea now what that school was i was however off and on apprenticing with them in between deliveries and kind of life happening life at that point felt so good i loved everything that i was doing and then life happened again had i been more assertive about getting my cpm my life could have been significantly different i was not assertive enough i got caught up in a life i loved and i didn't push myself to finish my cpm let me just try to condense my biological journey I got pregnant with my first daughter, had two miscarriages. When she was four, I had my second delivery. A couple of years later, I had the third delivery. A couple of years later, I had the fourth delivery. Then I had my seventh and final pregnancy. It was also my third miscarriage. I miscarried twins at 19 weeks, which is something. I've really struggled to figure out how to share. Let's just say that sharing that miscarriage is very different from the first two. When I lost twins at 19 weeks, it wasn't like a fast, easy miscarriage. That process dragged out. Then I had the DNC and the DNC wasn't successful in the sense that once the DNC was completed, my body just continued to hemorrhage. The doctor had me on two birth control pills every single day. I threw up so much it burst blood vessels in my eyes. And that process took a year. And part of why it took a year was because my insurance would not pay for the hysterectomy until I was a year out from having that DNC, which... Is ridiculous. And also in that year, we were really trying to just get me to stop hemorrhaging. That year was tremendously challenging. Not only had I lost twins at 19 weeks, then I went through this whole year of hemorrhaging until I could have the hysterectomy. The hysterectomy was done vaginally, it went well. And about two and a half hours after the hysterectomy, I recall looking at the nurse and saying, Something is wrong. She walked over to me and she started to palpate my stomach. I saw her reach for an emergency button and I passed out. I woke up many hours later. That nurse was amazing because she recognized that I had internal bleeding. That emergency button alerted my surgeon. He whipped me into surgery. Actually, I have a very vague recollection of being on the way into the surgery room. So I regained consciousness really briefly on the way into the surgery room. My surgeon contacted a second surgeon. Two of them worked on me for over two and a half hours. They tried to fix the internal bleeding vaginally and couldn't and cut me hip to hip took out organs. My doctor said that one of the arteries that supports the uterus was sputtering. It was bleeding. That's not a good thing, but it was sputtering. And the other one was like a fire hose. It was just, I was bleeding out. It was an incredibly traumatic surgery. The doctor told me later, I was dead on the table. I had five blood transfusions, three of which were my own blood that had been suctioned out of my abdomen, run through the machine and given back to me. He told me he had no idea how I survived the surgery. They should not have been able to resuscitate me and that I should not have been able to survive the level of trauma. Nothing about that situation was particularly gentle because they were just trying to save my life. That surgery and experience and year plus of my life Definitely, I felt at the time I needed to take a break from counseling women and take a break from apprenticing midwifery because I just emotionally and physically needed to get myself back on track. When my daughter was 12, we moved from Alaska to Reno, Nevada, where I still live. I found myself getting divorced and in a tremendously difficult situation. I had not worked in a traditional sense in over a decade. I needed to go back to work to support my family and I had full custody of my kids. It was one of the most trying periods in my life. I worked up to four jobs and emotionally I felt absolutely at my rock bottom. This was a huge turning point in my life. Not to mention that seventh pregnancy, the two surgeries, the hysterectomy And the surgery that saved my life happened less than a year before we moved from Alaska to Reno, Nevada. About a year after moving to Reno, Nevada, I got a notice from the IBCLC that my lactation consultant renewal had passed and I was no longer licensed. I called them immediately. I asked if I could reinstate my license and I was told no, I would have to start over completely. And I was absolutely deflated. I did not have the bandwidth, the time, the energy, or the finances to even be able to do that. That was the moment I gave up on my dream of being a midwife. For the past 17 years since my move, I've worked at great jobs, not so great jobs, jobs I detested. I wrapped up the foster care work that I had done. My career as a recruiter and trainer of foster parents ended And I was living life based on what was in front of me. I had taken that survival mode from 17 years ago and just kind of continued to do what was in front of me. Although emotionally, physically, my life was considerably better. I had also found jobs where I could work one job instead of four. And things were really much better. I still was living a life of pretty much what was in front of me. My goal five years ago was to be a digital nomad working from home at freelancing jobs. And I did until September of 2021. Since September, 2021, I've applied for more jobs than I've ever applied to. And I can't even seem to get an interview. I had been a digital nomad for five and a half years successfully And at this point of recording, we're two years into the pandemic where so many businesses went online. And I kind of felt when the pandemic started, like, wow, everybody joined my party here. I've been online for over three years and working online. And now all these businesses are available where you would think it would make sense that having a job online would be easier. It's become more difficult as the pandemic has gone on. That's been really discouraging. I've really spent the past few months trying to figure out what am I supposed to do? Two years ago, one of my daughters had her first baby and I was really blessed to be there right after the birth to help. In the last two years since he was born, she's gone back to school to become certified as a doula, a postpartum doula, a breastfeeding counselor, a childbirth educator, prenatal nutrition educator, and prenatal yoga instructor. It's been like watching my past life Unfold in front of me through her. It's been really awesome She's living a life that I lived a life that I loved and she asks me mom Why don't you do it again with me? My only answer is that I gave it up 17 years ago. And honestly, I don't know how How do I take the time the money to go back and redo what I loved and do it over the way I want to? and my heart hurts every time we talk about it recently on a particularly wonderful date night, to this man I am over the moon in love with who has taught me how to heal, how to love better, and how to accept love more openly. He posed some fascinating questions, and here they are. If you could go back in time in this life and choose any career you wanted, what would it be? And we discussed that. If you could be born in any culture in the world, what would it be and why? And then, what job would you want? And we discussed that. If you could be born in any time, 1800s, like any time period, what would it be and why? And then what job would you want? And we discussed that. In every situation, I chose the same thing. Not only did I choose the same thing, I didn't even hesitate for a second. I would be a midwife. So then he asked me, why don't you do it now? Because it would take two to three years. During that time, I wouldn't bring in any income. Not only would I not earn money, I would need to spend it. And he told me to do everything in my power to see if we could make it happen. From that conversation a couple weeks ago, I've gone down the deepest of rabbit holes to determine if we can make this possible. I'm applying for scholarships for school. I'm looking at all of my options, the different paths to become a CPM. One thing I would need to do is either end this podcast or change it. And here we are. Long story long, I am changing my entire life to go back to what I love. I found the school I want to attend. I'm interviewing to be an apprentice with local midwives. I'm changing my entire life back to what I wanted 30 years ago and what I walked away from out of necessity 17 years ago. Do I have it all figured out? Absolutely not. Since I've had this podcast for four years and nine months, that I at least know how to do. I really didn't want to end it, so I'm changing it to fit my life as it is now, which means I won't lose any of the past podcast episodes. They are all in a collection, and they can be accessed. And moving forward, I won't lose the analytics I've worked really hard for. I'm in the top 5% of the world, and I would love you to be part of it. The Becoming Parents podcast is sharing stories about infertility, miscarriage, pregnancy, labor and delivery, bottle feeding, breastfeeding, and relactation, self-care after birth, sex to get pregnant and after having kids, birth options to medicate or not to medicate, adoption, midwife versus hospital, the struggles, surprises, joys, and exhaustion, and a holy cow, you become a parent, what now? There are so Many different and unique stories that allow insight into the emotions we experience in calling ourselves parents, and there's definitely no right way. I want you to laugh and cry and be inspired. I know predominantly I'm expecting women to be who I interview, although I really would love to have men share their insight and their emotions and their feelings. Here's what you need to do moving forward. If you want to share your story of becoming a parent, the highs, the lows, the unexpected twists and turns, there's a link in the description to schedule your episode. Episodes will still be live on the day and time you schedule. This means if it takes some time before your appointment is happening, that kind of stinks. However, the moment that your appointment is happening, you will be live and everything will be available and completed that day. One thing I've learned in almost five years is how to streamline the podcast and the live episodes are so much fun and so easy and so much faster for me to complete. This does mean that if you are on the calendar, please be respectful of rescheduling or canceling. It's difficult to replace your spot last minute. Other than that, I cannot wait to share your stories. I am so absolutely over the moon, excited about being able to do something that I had given up all hope on, 17 years ago and something that I had started 30 years ago. What a freaking journey. The other thing I'm excited about is the blog that I've had for 10 years is called mom's running it. It's at momsrunningit.com. it.com. The link will be in the description below. Also for 10 years, the main umbrella of that blog has been parenting underneath that. I talk about minimalism, which includes living full time in an RV, large family running self care, time management, lots of really, I think, fun, exciting, and helpful things that I share with other people on their parenting journey, and that will just continue on like it always has been. I'll just get to add my midwifery journey with you. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Remember to like and subscribe. Leave a review. It means so, so much, and tune in. I can't wait to share with you.